3: Everybody's Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. It is indeed a heck of a morning live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. And shortly thereafter, you can hear the program on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Heck. Hope you're all having a wonderful start to the week. And if you're an MMA fan, how could you not be? It is officially International Fight Week. It is officially UFC 276 Fight Week and i am excited at some point today i will end up in las vegas to cover this event for as jed machu likes to say MMAfighting.com, the greatest website in the world it'll be myself and mr jose youngs and we're going to be getting after this thing and we'll go here for about 30 to 40 minutes take as many questions as i can after my little opening rant it's been been quite the uh, quite the week so far. We'll, we could talk this past Saturday's card. We could talk matush Gamros' big win over Armand Sarukian. We could, of course, but as all the traveling and stuff goes, and what this week's going to be like, I will do my best to fill you in on what's going on. So technically, my flight was supposed to leave at 5 a.m. this morning, and I was going to do the show from Atlanta around 9 a.m. Eastern, find out around 2 o'clock yesterday that the flight got delayed two and a half hours, and then my connecting flight from Atlanta to Las Vegas, which is going to have me landing around noon local time, I basically had 15 minutes to get off the plane, and I would have to do a full-on sprint. I basically would have to, by the time the plane landed, I would have probably five minutes to get to the gate. Absolutely impossible, not going to happen. So I got pushed back, I'll be in Atlanta, For a little while longer and then I have to fly to the site of UFC 278 Salt Lake City Utah I'll be there for a couple of hours and then eventually around 355 Vegas time I will end up in Las Vegas and this crazy fight week will begin so today will just be kind of a chill day once I get there Jose's gonna pick me up at the airport we'll hang out kind of game plan tomorrow is the media day We'll obviously have all the tastemakers from the event. I'll probably do a couple of interviews outside of media day as well. Thursday is the press conference for UFC 276. Also the Hall of Fame where Habib Nurmagomedov, Daniel Cormier will be inducted, will be enshrined, if you will. Cub Swanson versus Duho Choi, their incredible fight will be enshrined as well, and then Giga Chikadze will get the four Scriffit Awards, so we'll have some interviews from the red carpet. And then Friday is where things get real crazy, because Jose and I, we're going to be basically in two different places for almost two full days. Because Friday, there is the Fan Expo, which is UFC X, and I will be there pretty much the whole day. Uh, There's going to be a Radio Row set up a la the Super Bowl, and I'm going to have my spot. And I'm going to be doing interviews all day long, up until probably the ceremonial weigh-ins. I don't even know if I'll be there for that, but I definitely won't be at the morning weigh-ins. I might be chiming in from Radio Row. So So we'll have Radio Row. There's like 30 fighters, probably, and some more stuff that I've already set up. And then Saturday, same thing, Media Row, Radio Row, 9 to 5, local time more interviews including by the way for those who are longtime listeners of this program there is one name on saturday's lists the day of the fight that i am very excited about and that man's name is henry cejudo so there will likely be a sit down with me and henry cejudo on saturday so stay tuned for that on the ma fighting youtube channel of course the fight's on saturday and then my flight home is until like midnight, Sunday night. So Jose and I are going to try to go to the uh, Fight Pass Invitational Grappling event as well. Jorge Mazadal will be there. Uri Faber will be there. James Kraus, Joe Selecki. Just name a few. So, all right. Let's get after this thing. Let's take your calls. And we're going to go till probably around 840 Eastern. We'll start with Emilio. And then we'll get Miami Mike in here. And then we'll go to Tristan. Emilio, what's up, buddy? Oh, hi, Mike. What's up? Heck of a
4: morning to you. Uh, Happy to hear your voice once again. I appreciate for everything you do. You know, for the best website in the history of mankind, (laughs) MMAfighting.com. Go check it out, baby. Uh, My man. What's going on? um, Yeah, so I got two questions. Um, The first one being, I was just listening to a snippet of the MMA Hour. uh, I think it was from yesterday. uh, Ariel interviewing Max Holloway and there were they were talking a little bit about the possibility or rather arrow was asking max about is is a ufc event in hawaii happening like do you think it's 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 going to happen within your what when you're still active would you be down to do that and i don't know i felt like max gave sort of like a well if it happens it happens if it doesn't it is what it is classic uh classic max uh, response there but i don't know I, I i guess i just wanted to ask you what why hasn't the ufc done an event in hawaii like what is it why is it so complicated apparently to to get a venue there to to organize why why have they done it so far i mean they already had bj penn arguably one of the greatest lightweights you know uh, of all time and um and they didn't do it before, and now that it, that they have Max, who's by far like an even bigger star than than PJ was, why haven't they done it? Um, especially when he was champion, I don't get it. And second of all, since we're in the, since you're at the airport, I wanted to ask you what has been your worst and your best and slash or best experience, uh, flying or you know, being at airports. That's it. Like all the best, uh, enjoy the week, uh, and I will talk to you
3: soon. Have a heck of a morning. My man, Emilio. Uh, so to answer your second question, I haven't really had a lot. There's one, after my senior year of high school, it was myself and about 10 of my buddies. We went to a trip, we took a like a senior trip, if you will, to Nassau, Bahamas, Stayed at the Atlantis and had a tremendous time. But it got to the point where we were basically ready to be all done with the trip. We were ready to go home. We were there. We spent a lot of money. We partook in a lot of consumption of alcoholic beverages since it was legal there. And we were just wiped out. So we were ready to come home. And we had a layover in Charlotte, North Carolina, getting ready to come back to Boston which is where I was living at the time. And they shut down basically every flight on the East Coast for like two days. So we were stuck in Charlotte for two days with none of us having like any money at all. It was just brutal. We spent a lot of time sleeping at the airport. After the second day, they eventually put us up at a hotel. But I mean, hotel's fine. Thank you for the free hotel. But we still had like no food. It was just it was just brutal. we were just a bunch of idiot 18 year olds at the time. And then as far as the UFC Hawaii goes, I have no idea. I assume it's a mine. I know it is more difficult to hold events in Hawaii because there's extra taxes and things like that. Uh, And Bellator is probably... People will be like, well, Bellator did it. Well, Bellator did it because the UFC didn't do it. Like, if the UFC had already done an event in Hawaii, I don't know if they would have gone to Hawaii, to be honest with you. Maybe they would have snuck in there, but, like, it's literally just such a weird spot for Bellator. Bellator is basically... San Jose, Uncasville, Connecticut. Maybe they go to Thackerville. But for the most part, like those are the three landing spots. Hawaii was just a, hey, if the UFC can't do it, we'll do it. And I think that's what happened. And the UFC is just like, Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna bend over backwards to go anywhere. We're just not gonna do it. So they don't need to. They have their own they have their own venue. They could host every event to the end of time at the UFC Apex and be just fine. So, maybe it'll happen. I I wouldn't be stunned if five years from now we're still having the same conversation. Let's go to Miami. Mike. What's up, buddy?
5: Heck of a morning, Mike. Heck of a morning. Indeed. Bro, How are you? I can't. I don't know what's more exciting now, the pay-per-view this weekend or your interview with Henry Cejudo, bro. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> Dude, one question for you this morning. Um... I saw the interview with uh, Danny Sabatello on Ariel Helwani uh, yesterday. Dude, that kid's hilarious, I will say. His fighting style is boring as shit, but he is funny on the mic, and I'm in it for it. Um, I actually want to know what your prediction is for his next coming fight against Stotts. Do you think he's actually going to do what he's been doing to everybody all these fights? Or do you think he's actually going to meet some adversity? Because it's, you know, from his mouth, I mean, I get it that he's trying to do it from a promotional aspect, but, dude, he even says Aljamain Sterling sucks. Like, that's that's pretty funny. So, I mean, obviously he thinks he's king of the world, but I'd like to think, you know, more realistically and actually rank him and put him somewhere. Um so what's your take on that?
3: Thanks, Mike. Um, I'm very high on Danny Sabatello. I had been for a long time before Ariel came back, but I was hosting What the Heck. I had Danny Sabatello on before his Bellator debut. I wanted to have him on because I, I knew he would deliver like that, and he was delivering interviews like that. Even when I was interviewing when he was the Titan FC champion before he's on the Contender Series. like He's always been like that. Now he's got the glasses and the platinum blonde hair. That's a little bit different. But the attitude, the the one-liners, the quickness, the wits, always been there. The trash talk, always been there. So when he says, I've been like that my whole life, he has been like that his whole life. And I picked, before I even knew how the brackets were going to line out, when I found out Sabatello was going to have an opportunity to be in the tournament, I picked him to win the whole thing. Now, I feel like his toughest matchup, I feel like the toughest matchup he's going to have is this Rafion Stotts fight. And the build to this fight will be tremendous. And I honestly, if there's an MVP for Bellator so far in 2022, it's Danny Sabatello. Because think of it like outside of maybe the finals of the Featherweight Grand Prix with McKee and Pitbull, can you think of a just a randomly, just a random Bellator fight that is going to, draw like just has so much immediate interest right out of the gate. I can't. I can't. The face off to between those two guys, like the build to this is gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be amazing. And my original plan was I was gonna get Sabatello and Rafion stats on BTL together because I thought Rafayan stats it's so good on the desk and I know Sabatello is a student of the game as well and he's he understands what's happening. He watches everything. So that, I thought that would have been really cool but Ariel called dibs on that. So I guess they're going to have a face-to-face on the MMA hour. Uh, I think Sabatella is a real good chance. Now I will, it, this is such an easy thing to say, but if Rafion Stots can not get taken down, he's got a chance. And his Stotts is, is slick on the ground. He's a good wrestler in his own right. But if Sabatella gets him down, it's going to be tough for Stots to get up at least and, and continue to get up. So, I think it's a 50-50 fight, honestly. I don't know, if the, I don't know what the betting odds are going to be. I would say Stotts will be a decent-sized favorite, but if there's dog money to be played, if we're looking at Sabatella, like a plus 180 or something like that, I think there's a lot of value there. And the boring style is effective, and he's been like that the whole time, where if you don't like it, get up. If you don't like be on top of somebody while they're on their back, stand up. Get off get up, get back to your feet. And if you can't do it, then you just got to deal with it. So, and I love it. He's always had the same take too. Like if you watch a football game and the Patriots are beating a team 57 to nothing, it's a boring game. Domination is boring. So he's playing it off. Well, taking the booze in stride. And I love the Stotts fight and Stotts is tremendous on Friday. I thought on the desk, he just was a great extra layer. He actually made Josh Thompson better, in my opinion, you know how I feel about good old Josh on the microphone, but Josh was actually much more entertaining, much more easy to listen to. He was telling jokes. You could tell he wasn't just spitting things out like a lot of scripted stuff. He was lo- a little bit looser there. And I think they should put stats on, on the broadcast a little bit more, for being honest.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
2: that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Tristan, you're up.
6: Hey, Mike. How's everything? Heck of a morning to you. Thank you, sir. Oh, Today is Shafkot day. It's Shafkot day. It was just, oh, my gosh. it was. I was nervous for the fight watching it. That's why I was, like, trying to hold back. I'm like, let me temper my expectations. And I'm like, oh, we don't know. Maybe, you know, because that's a tough fight to fight against um, Neil Magny. Neil Magny is a G. I give him all the credit in the world. He took the loss in stride, big him up to take the fight, to step up and do that. And then Shafkot just went in there made it look easy, was concerned with the leg locks, but he was able to overcome it and then just uh, finish him. You know, and the thing about Rachmanov, man, is just, and he he said it at the post-fight, he's like, there was no need for me to rush. You know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait for you to make a mistake, and then once I see the opportunity and once I see the opening, then that's when I'm going to take that opportunity and try to finish you. And he actually went and did. It's just, you know, Rachman, he's my favorite fighter. Um, I just, I really love him. I, I think he could do some things. Still gonna, you know, temper my expectation. I'd rather, I'd rather want to see him fight. I think I want to see him fight Michelle um, Pejera because I think that fight is appropriate f- for him right now because he did call him out after the Carlson Harrison fight and he was like, wanted to prove that I could shut that style down. So I, I'll be comfortable with that or Wonderboy. I don't, I don't want him to fight Neil Mack. I don't want him to fight Sean Brady. That's a that's another, like, nervous fight right there because Brady's Brady's legit He's strong. So, I mean, listen, it's, I, you know, I'm telling, telling Rockman, let's, let's, you know, step by step, let's build. Let's just build one by one, and then over a couple of years, two years or so, then we'll fight for the title. But if I'm Rockman, give me either Wonderboy. I know Wonderboy is up, but, I you know, I'm comfortable with that fight. Or Michelle Pereira. so th- those are the two guys I'm looking at if I'm I'm of So I'm just I'm so happy, you know. Just keep this train rolling and see what happens down the road. As far as um, Masoud Gamrot and Armin Surukin, Mike, I I'm sorry, I had I had the winning that fight. I know it was a close fight, but I just feel that um, uh, with Gamrot, he did take. Um, Suurukin had but surukin was able to get up most of the, most of those takedowns. I just felt like I just felt like that um surukin did more. Um, he caught him with that spinning back fist, which was which was amazing. I just think he did more. You know, um, I believe on the site, uh, suruki had said that he watched the fight over and he said, I won that fight. I won that fight, but again, he's not gonna cry over spilled milk on to the next one. Now I I said on Otto I I wrote in and AK, like I think Surukin should fight. I know it's a tough fight. I think he should fight Gu, Guram. Uh, and I feel Guram and Isma Gulov, I feel like they're ranked already in my mind. Like even though they're not ranked officially, I feel those two are like ranked guys already. When you see those two fight, you're like, and you never seen them fight before. You're like, oh no, those guys are ranked. But you know, come to find out they're not. So I think I think I think Suruki should fight Guram because if he fights Guram and beats him. Man, he's getting. Then he's gonna get the top guys again because Gamron already lost to Groom. So, you know, just your thoughts on that? I, I, I you know, and then I think, <laughs> I think uh, um, Gamron should fight on uh, Ismagulov. To be honest with you, man, that's the fight to me. That's a that's a tough fight, but it's gonna be exciting, skill for skill, and see what happens from there. So, your thoughts on that, Mike? Have a heck of a morning as well, and have a straight safe trip to Vegas. You know, rooting for you. Can't wait to listen. Can't wait to um, listen to the interviews and be psyched up for this card, uh, the pay-per-view card coming up. So thanks, Mike.
3: Thanks, buddy. The Shafkot performance was incredible. Just ran over Neil Magny. I thought it would be a first-round submission. He just decided to torture Mr. Magny for a little bit longer, and Shafkot is, is the truth. I think we just need to see it. Neil Magny is, is the test. Nobody does that to Neil Magny. Nobody. You might get him out of there like kind of quick like Lorenz Larkin ran him over he's had some losses like that but no one's just smooshed him like that and just made him look like a child in a way it's just unbelievable stuff my my pick if you miss on to the next one was and I'm looking into the future here because I don't think Leon Edwards is going to be Kamaru Usman on, on August 20th so I think what I think is going to happen is Usman beats Edwards and they're going to do Shafkod versus Edwards that's the fight I think they're going to put together It's the one that really makes the most sense because Brady doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's... I mean, I could see it, but I don't want to see those guys fight right now. I hate the Wonderboy idea. I hate the Masvidal idea. Maybe Pajada, but I'd rather see... Of course. I'd rather see Wonderboy fight Pajada or Wonderboy fight Kevin Holland. But if they did Pajada, Shafkot, sure, why not? But I just feel like that win is just... It's so big, it's so impressive, and it's going to age so, so well. I also scored the fight with, for Sarukian. You know what's funny about this whole thing? Because I've, I'm, I'm, I was high on Sarukian, have been for a long time, and I've, I've, I've had him, like, highly touted, and I think he's the best prospect in the sport, 25 or younger. People are, like, apologizing to me because he lost the fight. I don't care that he lost the fight from a personal level. I actually thought he won the fight. I thought he, watching it live, I thought he won 49-46. I actually scored the first four rounds for him, and I thought he lost the fifth, perhaps. It was a close fight, and I predicted Zerukian would win a 49-46, but it would be the kind of fight where he wins each round by, like, just a couple of inches. And people were kind of giving me crap about the scorecard, so... You know, when people give me crap about scorecard, I, I put two things into my mind. One, probably bet on the other guy. You probably did. Uh, you're just a, a negative Nancy and you're not looking into it a little bit more. And then the other thing is, if there's something like that, I have to go back and watch it again. I have to go back and rewatch it and try to get a different view on it. So that's what I did. Sunday morning, few hours sleep, woke up, put the fight on, put it on mute, took commentary out of it, watched it again. Still scored it for Sharukian. I thought he clearly won the first three rounds. I don't think there's any debate about that. Like, I, I, there's, th- th- I thought he won the first three rounds. I had a thirty twenty-seven watching alive. Still had a thirty twenty-seven watching, watching it with no commentary, no nothing. You cannot, especially this new criteria. You cannot reward a guy for getting one takedown and having control against the cage when you getting when you were getting kicked to the body as many times as Gamrat was getting kicked to the body. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to give you the round because you got a couple of takedowns. You took his back and held him against the fence a little bit. Not saying that Gamera, what Gamrat taking him down at all was super impressive to me. And getting the control he had on a guy like Sarukian was super impressive. But if we're talking... Like, if this is a street fight, like, if this is outside, Like, if this is back of the the oak trees at, at your schoolyard, and those two fought, and Gamrat just took him down and held him against a tree... Or Saruqian kicked him in the body and punched him in the face a few times. Who do you think won the round? Or who do you think wins the fight? It's probably Saruqian. If you put that video on YouTube, it'd say Armand beats up Matush So, But it was a tremendous fight. I mean, this is as high level as MMA gets. It was a fantastic main event. I would watch these guys fight every weekend if I could. And I will say this. On the rewatch, and this might be a hot take, but I'm sticking by it. And you can rip me if you want. Watching the rewatch, you can make a more compelling case in my eyes that Sarukian won all five of those rounds than you can that Matush round won three of those rounds. Hot take alert. There it is. And I ain't lying. I rewatched it. I've done the work. I've actually watched it a third time, and I still feel the same way. The second rewatch is scored at 48-47 sarukian but you can make a strong case he won four and five. And then watching it again yesterday – I scored the first four rounds for Sarukian again, fifth round for Gamrot. But again, you could make a case that Sarukian won the fifth round too. And the fourth round is the contentious one because there was a knockdown, or at least it was scored a knockdown. It wasn't – knockdowns are – some people when they see knockdowns, it's like, oh, my God, the guy has to be dead. Otherwise, it's not a knockdown. It's a trip or a slip. This is a knockdown. He got cracked. It was perfectly timed. The dude got hit and he fell down. He didn't slip. He didn't trip. He got knocked to the mat due to a punch. And how about this? My flight got delayed again. Isn't this the best, friends? I love traveling. Traveling is the best. We just got pushed back another half hour, ladies and gentlemen. But we still have to stop the show. Well, so now, but that's good for you guys. You guys get an extra few minutes. So, yeah, I'd love to see those two guys fight again. As far as next matchups go, Gamrot, it's gotta it's gotta be Greg Gillespie. That's the fight. Gamrot, Greg Gillespie rules. I wanna see that one. Gillespie has to fight somebody. It's gotta be Gamrot. I don't think Gamrot's gonna get Justin Gaethje. If he did, I'd watch the hell out of it. I don't think he's getting Michael Chandler. If he did, I'd watch the hell out of it. And then Sarukian. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But super pumped up for for both of those guys. I'm not Gamrot is gonna fight for the title for sure. I still believe Saruqian going to fight for the title, and I think I still feel like he'll be the champion. I, it hasn't changed anything for me. This loss changes nothing. He's only 25 years old. This kid is not even close to being as good as he's going to be. Let's go with KFA 47 What's up, KFA? Heck of a morning, Mike. Uh, I'm coming in with a Jed Mishu-level hot take. When...
4: Uh-oh. Max Holloway inevitably colds Alexander Volkonaspi this weekend.
3: Wow. Are they going to immediately run it back? I'm gonna go ahead and hang up and listen. Happy birthday, okay? I mean that is I mean that is a hot take. If I I'll tell you what, there there will be few people more there'll be few people that'll be more stunned than I if that is what happens. I mean I will be flabbergasted. If he colds, if Max Holloway colds Volkanovski, wow. That would be, I'll, I'll add another take to that. Max Holloway colds Volkanovski, the, the knockout of the year discussion is over. Like, I understand there's been some crazy, like, insane knockouts. We saw Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson. But, but if Max Holloway colds Volkanovski, I mean, good God. That'd be nuts. But the answer to your question is, yes, they will immediately rematch. Because you have to. Volkanovsky's up 2-0. It's up 2-0. It. Now, now if Holloway goes up, the only way, the only way maybe they don't go to an immediate rematch is if Max Holloway just beats the brakes off of Volkanovski for 25 minutes. And what I mean by that is multiple knockdowns. Like we're seeing Usman Woodley levels of dominance, but maybe a step further. Like let's just say sort of the performance he had against Calvin Cater, but worse. Like a fifty-forty-three type of drubbing, like we saw against like Holloway Kate or something to that effect. If he goes out there and does that, maybe uh maybe it won't be an immediate rematch. One, because Volkanovsky have to take some time. And two, maybe go back and let him get a win. But to me, and on the flip side of Volk I've already said this before, if goes out there and beats Holloway and it's clear it's not controversial, then in my rankings, Volkanovski becomes the number one guy pound for pound over Usman. Now, Usman can take that back August 20th with a win, but Volkanovski just, is just making moves. He's making moves. He's active. And this is what he wanted. And he's inching closer and closer to that number one spot. And if he goes out there and beats Holloway again, I mean, it's it's hard to argue. CRJ.
7: How are you, my man? Uh, oh my god, Mike. I'm I've been better, I do not lie. Why? Um, so you know I uh, this weekend was pride, right? And um I uh I fell and I split my elbow open.
3: You split your elbow?
7: Yeah, I split. My, I have a bloody elbow, so to speak. Okay yeah so that's a bummer there's a video of it i just posted it but sorry man anyway no that's all right oh really sorry to hear that man so if anyone you know in the spaces you can go to my page it it, i caught Nell, but you know that's all right um you know i felt like i was in my own uh mma fight me versus the ground um and they put me out in you know less than 20 but that's all right that's all right i'm back i'm better than ever and um i wanted to ask you know with the sean strickland fight coming up how tough would it be for the ufc if he became champion just from a marketing perspective do you think there's an actual problem there or you know he's a really like off the rails with some of the stuff he says like do you think they'd be able to keep him in line or would that be a, a pr disaster waiting to happen
3: Thanks buddy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I, he has said lots of things that deserved at least some sort of press release and like some sort of response from the UFC, but we haven't heard that yet. So I'm going to say they're not, I'm sure they're going to try to tame him a little bit. Like they're not going to put him on an ABC card anytime soon. I don't think, but They'll put him on pay per view, put him on ESPN Plus, all that stuff. So I don't think much will change. I don't think they're going to be able to verbally handcuff him at all. But I think they'll try to talk to him. I think maybe they'll go through, maybe Eric Nixick to, to help ease that a little bit. But I doubt it. I doubt much changes on that. If he's going to be at the media day tomorrow, curious to see how, how he is. It's a crazy fight with Alex This It's a big stakes fight. This is there's a lot on the line here. There is a leg, this is a legit title eliminator. This is a legit number one contender fight. And this is this is brilliant matchmaking. It seemed weird at first when you saw it. You were like, what? Pejeda, third UFC fight. He's fighting Sean Strickland. This is crazy. But then you really look at it, what the UFC's trying to do, what they've been doing from the beginning. This is brilliant matchmaking. Either way. You either get the, the storyline of Adesanya and Pajeda, the kickboxing matches, Pajeda being 2-0 against Adesanya, the knockout in the second fight, or you get Sean Strickland, who Adesanya is probably going to talk a lot of trash against and vice versa, and they don't really like each other. They have not had nice things really to say about one another. So you're, you're going to get something interesting that they can sell either way. But, yeah, I understand the question, though. That's for that's for sure. All right, we'll go to Taylor, then we'll go to Don, and then we're probably going to have to get out of here.
5: Taylor, how are you? Mike, I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, I want to ask you a question. With um, the success that Chris Curtis and both and Jared Cannonier have had, changing weight classes, are there any other fighters active on the roster at the minute that you think are competing at the wrong weight class?
3: Hmm... That's a good question. That is a good question. Hmm. Maybe Dustin at this point. I know people close to him have said they'd like to see him fight at one seventy. Mike Brown has talked about it. I don't know how he'd fare. I don't know. I don't know. But the answer to that's probably it's probably most people are not competing at the right weight class. But just because of all the weight cuts and things like that, but yeah, if you're like if you're not on a big title run or like at least trying to make your way to the title, I don't understand wanting to cut 15 extra pounds. Like I think Poirier is doing her right. He's not on a title run right now. He's not fighting for the belt anytime soon. I think he knows that. He's aware of that. So let's just get some fun fights at at 70. Now I do believe that if Max Holloway loses to Bolkanovsky. I'd like to see Max Holloway go to 155. You can make a, a, a pretty strong case that Holloway's fighting at the wrong weight class. But he's looked pretty damn good in his last two fights. But if he doesn't beat Volkanovski, I think we gotta go... I think he's just gonna want the, the, the most exciting, fun fights he can get that are, that are challenging. Because that man doesn't need the title. He doesn't need the title. He's a, he's a star, not just in the UFC, but outside of it. Max is a very likable guy. Family man. I think most people can find some way to relate to Max Holly He plays video games all the time. I mean, this guy, this guy's just killing it. All right, Don, what you got? Hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing, man? I'm doing friend? good, man. Man, I just made it. I was like, uh, I was like, "Oh, oh man, it's like a
6: morning going on out, oh, man."
0: But um hey, man, I had uh, you probably already talked about this earlier too cuz I'm like hella late, but um I wanted to get your thoughts on Gina Carano versus Ronda Rousey. I heard, what's your appeal level on that? Do you – how are you – are you excited about it? I hear people saying that they're not excited because both of them are, like – you know, no one's heard from them in a while in the fight game. I'm like, I think it's still, like, very exciting. But uh, let me know what you think, man. Have a two-sweet day. Have a good morning and all that
3: jazz. Man. Thanks, buddy. So – How do I want to put this? Am I excited about it? No. Would I be... Am I intrigued about the idea? Perhaps. Would I watch it if it happens? Sure. Do I think it'll ever happen? No. But I also didn't think we'd be living in a world where in the year of Our Lord 2022, we would see a boxing match between Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell. But apparently that is happening on July 30th. Uh, I confirmed that this morning. There were multiple reports, but I confirmed this morning that that is indeed uh, well on its way to being a done deal on July 30th. So, I mean, if those two guys can get a boxing match, then I guess maybe there's a world where Rousey and Corano fight. I don't know. Too soon to tell. And how like it's they they neither have fought so long, especially Gina. I just I don't know how it would work. It's gonna be not that fun probably. But I guess from the nostalgic side of me would wanna see it. But is this something that I'm like please 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 book this fight? No, I'm not. But if it happened I would and we would cover it. And it would be a pretty big deal and a lot of people would care about it. But just as a person who watches the sports, am I all that interested in it? Not really. Not really. I mean, maybe if we get WWE Ronda, Ronda in the build where she's smiling and talking to people and seems to be having fun, maybe that changes things. But just media between the two, it ain't going to be pretty. It's I don't know. I don't know. I would say I'm leaning more towards no than yes. But if they book it, I watch it. All right, friends, I got to get out of here. Live from the airport here in Savannah, Georgia. And, of course, here comes the announcement. But you guys are the best. Rest of the week, I will keep you posted on what the schedule is going to look like. We're going to try to do something Thursday. Uh, we, I, would, I would venture to guess that we're going to be starting a little bit later than usual just because we'll be on the non-cool time zone of the West Coast because we all know the East Coast, Eastern Standard Time, it is the true time zone, the real time zone. Uh, but we're going to try to do something Thursday, Friday. If you're going to be in Vegas, come see me on uh, Friday or Saturday I'll be basically inside the, the expo there on radio row and I'll be there from nine to five local time Thursday or excuse me, Friday I'll be there nine to five local time Saturday. So yeah, come say hi, come say hi. If you see me in Vegas at any point this week, cause uh, I'd love to I'd love to talk to you, but I'm going to go to the gate, hang out, get something to eat, get this up on the podcast network. So if you guys came in late, you can listen to it later. So thank you very much. I'll see you guys in Las Vegas. Be there around 4 o'clock PT. And be myself and Jose Young's just bringing you coverage all week long. So thank you very much. Have a great rest of the day. And as always, have a heck of a morning, you crazy savages you.